Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. Welcome to Mama Interview number 27. And I'd like to introduce Sally Reid. Welcome, Sally, to this interview process. And the first question is, how and when and why did you become involved in drama education? Well, I started out my training at Rusden, which was the big drama place. But I always found the drama people there scary and um, pretty much on a par with the PE people. So I did psychology and history and English and English Lit. I also dabbled in uh, special education through the psychology. So then when I went to Caniva High School, which is my first school, and I was there for four years, of course, that's the last town on the Western Highway before you hit South Australia. Wow. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. Sheep country, wheat country. So through English teaching, of course, eventually people sort of, I think it was in about my second year, decided that drama should be part of English. So I was doing plays with my um, year nine and 10 students. Uh, And so I got into that. So then I went and did a few um, little bits of in-service education. I remember one at Warwick-Nabeel, which is also in the middle of nowhere. And I have no idea why there was a drama thing running there. Um, I really liked it. The kids really liked it. Um, at Caniva particularly, we had lots and lots of costumes, which was great because it was sort of an older area, so there was lots of stuff given to the school. And then when I went to Windery High Technical School in Ballarat, wow. which was my second and last school, I've been there for a very long time, um, I went as the one of the drama teachers. So I went as remedial educator and drama and I started teaching drama and then when the incumbent drama teacher actually left because he was teaching the seniors, I went back to um, university because I didn't know who Stanislavski was and I'd never heard of Brecht. (laughs) So I thought, well, if I'm going to be teaching seniors, I'd better go and find out who they were. So I went back and I did uh, two years part-time at Melbourne Uni Graduate Diploma in Education with um, John McLeod and, and Rob Galbraith as well, who was one of my teachers. So I loved it. It was great. I don't, I'm not much of a performer myself, although I can for the kids, but I love teaching it. Yeah, it was fabulous. Well, that's a pretty good beginning, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was, yes. And what changes have you witnessed during your time as a drama educator? Well, when I started, of course, it was just having fun and putting on plays in the classroom. Um, there wasn't the VCE that there is now. And even when VCE started, it still wasn't as prescriptive. So it meant that when you were teaching the juniors seven and eight, you could play lots of games and do little skits. And even at nine and ten, you didn't have to be quite so academic as you do now. Uh, there's sort of now much more of a process to teaching drama, I think. If you start yes. at year seven and eight, and then you, you, you kind of got to lead them to year 12, if you like. Uh, even if they're not going to go there, you need to make sure that there's enough grounding for those who do. 
so lots of changes, you know, and it used to be all sort of Dorothy Heathcote and, you know, uh, teacher in role and all of those sort of things. And so I've done all of that, um, as well as, you know, the more academic, rigorous stuff. And what about the highs and lows of your career? Well, when I saw the question um, that was sent out to us, that one particularly, I actually couldn't really think of any lows. Well, except, that's, that's right. You know, like I've, I've always loved the kids. I've always got on really well with the kids. I've never had issues, and they've always been my focus. Um, so, you know, all my memorabilia are things that the kids have given back to me to let me know how I was going as a teacher. I've never been very concerned about oh, the sort of in-school kind of, you know, credits or non-credits that you get from other people, but just the kids. Um, I guess the only low would be that I've never taught in a school that has really good facilities, um, and that's always been a bit of a shame. But having said that, when I look back through my photos, we managed, we put on school performances every semester, um, well, classroom ones, and we always had parents come to visit and come to watch. And so even though we didn't do big school musicals, um, it didn't seem to matter. The kids just loved it anyway. So I think I've actually been really lucky, and in some ways I've probably been lucky just to have sort of the black box space. And it was a good space. There's nothing wrong with it. But, um, you know, we didn't ever have real chairs and, you know, all of those sort of things that some places get. So, you know, there's, there's that disparity. And, I mean, the lights that are there now are the lights that went in when the place was built in 1985. So nothing's been updated because there's no money in, in the sector. But, you know, you manage. You and the kids make things and they don't know that they're missing out really. So therefore, that you know, they put in their all. So well, maybe they're not missing lucky. out because they have total ownership of what they do. Yes, absolutely. And they did. Yes, always. Because I never started a class without, you know, checking with what they wanted to do first. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, so this leads into what What are your, or did you have a memorable experience that sort of really stands out? Um, well, I probably had lots, but I think the years in the 90s, which was when VC started, so the late 80s up to probably 92, when I had my first VCE class, because I had a group of four boys who just gelled and worked together so well. And that they were in the days when we did things like Next Wave Festival in Ballarat. Yes, and, yes. Um, we also, you know, would go to... I remember we went to Windery Shopping Centre and put on a performance about um, family abuse. Oh. And these four boys just did everything. Um, they even at one of the Next Wave, and I've got a photo of it, there were... The four of them were Frank and Furter out of Rocky Horror Show and they put on a, a show to that song all completely in the outfits in the middle of the street. Uh, and that they was very brave. special. Yeah, and they were just they were just so into it and fearless and, and loved it. Um, I was also able to take them on excursions to Melbourne and we'd go to, you know, we'd eat at, uh, um, I can't remember the name of the big hotel now in Collins Street, where you could go up flights of stairs to um, the toilets and have these great views and so the kids had never sort of really been to Melbourne or had those experiences so I was able to take them you know when they were in year 9, 10, 11, 12 to all sorts of things and that was a really special time and I knew that once they left in 92 
um, that I'd never really have, um, you know, that sort of group again. Um, I've had fabulous kids always, but I've never had a group like that. Uh, And they're still very special to me, Um, especially since two of them have since died. (gasps) And young and, you know, you sort of, you just keep those memories really quite close and it was great to have. I guess the other... Um, one is one of my ex-students I'm still great friends with and she went off to do drama, um, Kathy, and she was, she was fabulous and she still is and she's a good friend now and I'm very lucky with that as well. And um, Ella, uh, who I taught, um, I think it was 2007 anyway, who was in top acts. And I always oh. said that I wasn't going to retire until <laughs> you got one. <laughs> like somebody was in top acts and she was fabulous. I mean, I didn't really teach her anything. I just gave her opportunities. You know, you have the kids like that that just have yes. it. You know, they have a talent and you just kind of nurture it along and give them the opportunities in which to shine. And, and she did. Yeah, she was fabulous. So, and then yeah. she got on? Um, no, no, she went into speech therapy in the end. Oh, she loves to talk, so that would be interesting to <laughs> her down to the ground, really. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's been lots of little little things like that and and lots of kids, of course, living in Ballarat that I, who I still see around the yes, streets and, and talk to um, that I've had good experiences with, yeah. And did you have any mentors or collaborators who you...? No, no, completely by myself and... Um, completely by myself the whole time really until I don't know maybe the last four or five years where we tried to set up a drama network in Ballarat didn't really Um, but you know I did a lot of learning at the Drama Vic conferences but no all all on my own you know and that's just how it was and now uh, that I've retired the school I, I still runs drama but the um, one of my ex-students actually teaches at oh, Wunderay um, who I also had a good experience with when she did um, did drama but um, the other girl has never done drama and Claire herself isn't actually mm-hmm. trained so I don't know what will happen there but they are planning to redo the building so maybe they'll still have drama teachers yeah it's always a bit sad that the previous interview was about the same issue. Yeah, it is. It is sad. And they don't do the succession planning and they don't think about it. And it's, you know, our school's just too poor, really, to afford as many teachers as it really should have um, because, according to the Education Department, we shouldn't have that many. So, therefore, things like drama and the arts get left out, which is so sad. Do you have a favourite professional learning experience? Yes, I do. Um, way back, it would have been in the 90s, I guess, um, they had a thing called Winter Arts. Um, yes, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yes. and I meant to bring stuff on that and I forgot. But, um, yeah, they ran that at the Arts Centre. And so you actually worked with um, real dancers. And I remember meeting Kelvin Coe oh, um, wow. and doing workshop with him um, and even having drinks with him afterwards. That was pretty exciting. Uh, Mike Bishop I worked with. Um, and lots of other people, um, professional, you know, workshops. And I did that for two different years, and it was just fabulous. It was just the best thing um, because they were all professional and it was sort of a different atmosphere to going to a conference, really. Yes. You know, you sort of felt like you were part of it, you know. I even wore, you know, lycra pants for dance (laughs) sessions. Not a good look, but it was fun. Yes, and those opportunities don't seem to happen much anymore. No, no. 
Um, and do you have um, what, or rather, sorry, what is the secret to your longevity as a teacher? Um, not taking myself too seriously, um, a sense of humour, uh, respecting the kids and respecting myself and not putting anybody down ever. And yeah, taking the kids as I find them, not expecting them to be something that they're not, um, particularly with the sort of kids that I worked with. Yeah. And actually understanding that even if some of the things that they're dealing with aren't necessarily, oh, you know, what we, we as adults might see as important, but how terribly important some things are for them and just accepting that that's how it is. And even if you could go, you could sort of say to them, oh, don't be silly about that. There's no point because it's, yes. it's not silly to them. So it's sort of almost, I think, been an attitudinal thing um, that made me stick with it. And I never, ever thought about retirement until I finally decided that I was too tired and I just didn't have the energy anymore to kind of keep giving as much as I was so that was what sort of, you know, stopped me teaching. But I'm still working with, you know, kids in different capacities. Oh, that's fantastic. And do you have any advice for the next generation of drama teachers? Um, yeah, I think have fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. Don't um, necessarily always think that you know better than the kids. Um, you can't be their friend, but you can be there for them and yes, I think there's that, a difference yeah there is a big difference there and I think that that's really important you have to maintain that sort of professional distance while while being there for them still um, and I don't know I guess you know open up as many opportunities for the students as you can take them to as many places as is possible even though I know that's much harder these days I know, we used to have a lot more freedom to do all kinds of Yes, yes. Well, as I said, you know, go to places like I... You know, we did performances down the street. We did performances at Winnery Village. There were career expos where we went and did performances. All of those sort of things. But now it's all a bit constrained. But still, as many as you can give them is important. Now, it's time to see your artefacts. Oh, What have you got? Well, I don't know... I didn't really know what to bring, so <laughs> I thought this was pretty cute, though. This is one of my favourite photos. That's me when I started teaching. <laughs> oh, Having 1978. Yes, not being a drama teacher and thinking that's how teachers should Can dress. You see it? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing. And there's, there's some of my Caniva students oh. dressed up. Um, that's more me in 1978. So, just some of these sort of little shows that we did. That was um, Rinse the Blood Off My Toga. <laughs> um, and we made the costumes out of sheets and um, electrician's tape. Yes. This was um, one of the one of my favourite shows, and I had huge classes back in the eighties, and that was um, I can't remember what we called it, but it was about um, all these people coming to a party and they all died, <laughs> and we had um, even the cook in the kitchen 
um, disemboweled someone and we had a bag of sausages under their cut costume and we pulled out reams and reams of sausages. That was lots of fun. Uh, we did germs. These are all classroom ones too, none of them of course. In the this is 1988. Yeah. Sadly, most of my modern photos. We went into um, South Street competition in the one-act plays. Oh, wow. uh, We did a thing called Herbservus, and yes, we yes. All, the kids all wore plastic bags, and I'm sure that the judges didn't like it because we came second. They told us it wasn't a one-act place, and we won $10, so I bought lollies <laughs> and we ate them. Um, and that's the room that I got to teach in, which was pretty exciting. Well, I taught in a black box too when I first started teaching. Mm. Yeah, but you had a nice floor. <laughs> yeah, we did. That's the boys doing oh, um, wow. Next Wave Festival, Frankenfurter. Oh, very we did um, theatre sports in Ballarat, so that's some of the kids doing theatre sports with our wet T-shirts, Windery Educational Theatre, because it was Windery High Tech, then it was Windery Secondary College. Um, then it was Ballarat Secondary College. That one's probably known. That was my first year 12 ensemble mm. group. I taught theatre studies for a while too. Um, that's a couple of my boys doing uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, Puck mm -hmm. and Oberon. This was another thing that we did. We went to Bendigo Regional Fire Awareness Week and we did this cute thing about... Um, fire and whatnot. We even took a toilet with us, and somebody got stuck in the toilet when the fire broke out. <laughs> um, there's the there's the group that gave me this um, shirt. So they all signed it. I've got lots of things like this from from students. I don't know why this one necessarily didn't fade because quite a few of them did. But yeah, oh, that's yeah, I was lucky with that. Um, what else have you got in here? Okay. Oh well, these are just things that students have given me, I guess. And, um, like these masks. Um, which were little things, but I always wear hats, and the students yes, know yes. that. So. Um, one of my special and very talented girls who now works in Sydney in a theatre company and has worked for Sydney Theatre Company as a designer, she actually made this one oh. for me. Uh, and on the inside it says um, drama 07. So she actually felted it herself oh, wow. and then made the hat for me. So that's really special. Yes. Um, this was given to me by the mother of Ella who did top acts and she gave me two of these and these were made by a friend of hers who just finished a millinery course in Ballarat as well. Um, that's one of my favourite ones too. Um, and this was another one that Ella's mum gave me and then another student, Kyle, who now works at Sovereign Hill and has worked at Cryer Castle doing acting. He gave me the brooch, he and his mum, and I taught his mum. I mean, that's the other thing, oh, of course, well. is that I now teach. I have been teaching grandchildren and children of children, and, you know, that's a great thing to do. It's really nice. So that's another one. Um, I used to make these for the kids way back in the day when very unsophisticated, all of this stuff. Just, you know, <laughs> little badges. 
that the kids could wear. So at the end of each, you know, play that we might do, I'd give them little badges as a memento. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So just, you know, funny stuff like that. Um, And I bought this, and this was just, this is probably one of the later groups. Unfortunately, the... The photos from the last few years, of course, are all digital, and I didn't. This was an advertising sign, so this has got some other lady kids in it. So, yeah, but these. This was the group of um, students too who actually performed out at Creswick for the old people. We did a sort of a through the ages thing. Yeah. So yeah, lots of good memories. Um, I've got lots of cards. This is uh, I don't know whether you're really going to show this or not. Things like that that kids have given me. Would you like to Would you like me to read it? Yeah, or yes, I probably won't be able to without. Dear Sal, I recognise you have been a marvellous teacher for me. You have encouraged me to express my feelings, to explore my thoughts, to nurture my passion, to love deeply, to be compassionate, to be a good friend, and always quest for deeper understanding. I thank you from the bottom of my heart because I am sharing in this deep, rich tapestry of life. Through observation of how you choose to live your life, I've become inspired to truly live my life. Many friendships and journeys have been inspired by simply knowing you. E.g., I would have never met Joe if if not for you, as Don introduced us. Forever grateful for your teachings. With love, Kathy. Two kisses. That's another one. And I think that brings us to the end. Excellent. Well, that's a nice ending. Thank you very much. That's all right. Thank you. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other Mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the Mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>